and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones hear. everyone i'm mark marble and i'm ryan daly and this is the lantern cast episode 456 when last we convened <laughs> you ryan and i <laughs> actually i don't probably we probably was a rocky right wasn't that drago probably, probably uh, was creep i might have been a creed 2 commentary track because that came out after the after halloween after 20 yeah halloween that probably would have been it. wow i know it's 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 sad that it's been this long but but the drought is over. So <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I don't, I don't think we, we didn't do the Halloween track until the movie was out on. We didn't we did, do that when for the theatrical release. I think we did both. I thought, I thought we did the same thing we did with. Uh, I have to double check, but I thought we did the same thing with that that we did with Creed Two, which was we did a review and we did a and we did a commentary. But I could be wrong about that. I thought for some reason we we did we did both, but may but I'll double check during at some point while we'll while we're recording, but yeah. I don't think we'll be doing a commentary track for Halloween kills. <laughs> I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not rushing out to see it again, but <laughs> I know and I've already seen it once too. And I, I, I will, I would like to see it again to see how, if my thoughts congeal the same way they did when I saw the first one, because I knew when I saw Halloween 2018 that I didn't like it you know, overall, but I needed to, I wanted to see if after seeing it again, if any of the things, any of the things I didn't like, maybe I liked a tad more or if I came out and I think I did like it a slight, slightly better when I saw it the second time, but compared to this movie, I, I, I actually expected to like this movie more than Halloween 2018, <laughs> but I don't think that I did, but spoiler alert, <laughs> speaking of which, yes, there's going to be spoilers all, all throughout this. So if you haven't if you haven't listened seen the movie yet, you might want to hold off before listening. So what should we how should we start this? Should we give like a thirty second plot summary, which is about all you really need probably for this movie? <laughs> yeah, picking up right where the first one ended, the same night, in fact, um, which begs the question, how how slowly does time move in this one little town? Um, yeah, uh, Lori and her daughter and her granddaughter are rushing to the hospital because she's bleeding out from the stomach. Michael Myers was trapped in her house as it was burning down, but oh, those pesky firefighters go into the burning house to try and rescue it, and Michael Myers gets out. Um, he savagely murders all the firefighters and then proceeds to go, you know, basically go about his thing, going, killing his way back to his house, uh, the, the old Myers house, which has not 
like this creepy old haunted house anymore like it was in the 70s it's now uh been completely renovated and taken over by a couple um and he has this weird fixation with staring out the window and kills anybody who walks up to the window um we'll talk about that yeah through well yeah meanwhile uh survivors of the original tragedy uh including um uh tommy um, doyle tommy doyle tommy doyle and Lindsay, the kids who are all grown up now um they and other survivors find out that michael myers is running loose and rather than being terrorized again they kind of form a vigilante mob that runs amok chases people down in the streets thinks michael myers is in the hospital going after laurie that creates a kind of riot um and uh in, in a, well possibly an innocent man the wrong man uh ends up dying as a result of mob justice um that was the umbrella guy correct that was the umbrella the, the guy with the I, umbrella i think in the in 2018 the guy was obsessed with shoelaces I, think, I, I could think. not. I I completely forgot about that. I had no idea who that guy was when I saw him. I know that they mentioned on um, the news bulletin that two people escaped from the prison bus, uh, and then like once I was like, okay, so this is gonna be like the red herring, the other missing guy. But I didn't remember him at all. But yeah, so then more people die. The town basically leads leads uh, or um, Lori's mother, or Lori's daughter, sorry, Judy Greer, leads Michael Myers out into the street uh, to kill her. And leads him into a trap where he is then savagely beaten, shot, bludgeoned with baseball bats and blunt instruments by a group of townsfolk. Except he gets up and then kills all of him because apparently, like Parallax, he is uh, like some sort of fear god or he is powered by people's fear and that makes him immortal or something. I found the ending to be a little bit confusing. That would be my summary. And a very good summary it was. The one one thing I did like, which was it was a it was a clever little way of like the very beginning of this movie. They they reintroduced two characters that one was figuratively left for dead, which was Cameron because we didn't see him for half a movie yet. <laughs> Allison's boyfriend that disappeared yeah, halfway, yeah, and then right. a character that was supposed to be literally dead in Hawkins because <laughs> he should have been dead because that neck wound. Forget about getting run over because we don't know where he got run over. We just heard the thump. It could have just been a leg. But that that neck wound should have finished Hawkins off. But luckily for the movie and for us, since Will Patton's really cool, <laughs> Frank Hawkins survives. But they use that also as the gateway to give us the 1978 flashback where we actually get to see where and when Michael Myers gets apprehended or got apprehended after being shot off the balcony by Loomis. So right. And I feel like I kind of felt like they maybe they realized, Hey, we probably should have explained this a little bit better the first time around, because I do remember being confused. Like after the first, I was like, now is this a sequel to the, just the first Halloween or was it Halloween two included? Like I remember being confused back then. Like, okay, they talk about him being captured. How, like how, and when did that occur? Like just how was he taken alive after everything we've seen? And one of the problems I, I do remember having with the first one, and overall, I, I thought the first one did a lot of cool, creative, and original things, but I thought the problem that it fell into was it's saying, okay, we're going to do this like hard retcon, and this one is just a sequel from the original movie, but it, fall, it fell into the trap of treating Michael Myers like this iconic figure who's been the star of 11 movies. And like the, there would be this whole mythology around this character, and he's the boogeyman of Haddonfield. It's like he killed a couple of kids forty years ago. Like, the, like, 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 even like the if you go back and treated it that seriously, like it was just like 
he hardly even stabbed anybody. He strangled most of his victims. Like there wasn't even like really blood in the first movie. So True, it just actually. like, and this one really kind of leans more into that. Like this thing, like this, you know, impossible to kill this, like sort of like monster with a sort of supernatural edge. And just like this, this lore about him that could terrorize this entire town. It's 40 years. If we're buying into the new story that you guys are telling us. And I just, I, I that, that, it shouldn't have taken me out of the movie, but it did, and it never really got back. Now, see, there was always some – when we got that retcon in 2018, it was always hard for me to imagine that, oh, they just got – they just took Michael Myers into custody. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. that, that shouldn't be that easy to do. <laughs> and, and just generally speaking, based on yes, even if we go back to – if we try to block out everything we've seen in other sequels and just concentrate on what we saw in the 1978 movie – that that isn't something that really should be that we, we it, it calls for explanation about what happened and why. Now, in my mind, now we also have to understand that supposedly when they were re- going to do the 2018 movie to begin with, they were going to retcon the whole ending of the original movie. Like Loomis at one point was going to get killed. And I think Lori was they were like, I think they were going to even change it where Lori was the one who shot him off, which would have been so moronic. I think that I think that's one some of the thing that some of the things that Carpenter ended up talking David Gordon Green out of saying, that's probably not the way to go, because you're going to turn people off like immediately if you're doing that. But the idea that Loomis, what we got from the first movie was that Loomis, you know, Loomis basically was almost Hawkins was the first responder on the scene. He prevented Dr. Loomis from killing Michael. So in my mind's eye, the only way that works would be basically Michael got up, walked away. But basically, maybe after the adrenaline stopped, <laughs> he just basically was like a wounded animal somewhere. And, and, Luma, and Luma, stabbed in the eye, in the neck. But, but let's be fair, the hanger in the, the hanger in the eye really isn't. That's not a fatal. That's not a fatal wound. <laughs> now, again, in, in the. You're right. He, in the movie, he gets like stabbed in the gut by Laurie, doesn't he? In the cl- in the closet. But I think in, according to the novelization, she actually stabbed him in the groin, which would have been a much better shot. <laughs> but either way, he, he really shouldn't be walking anywhere, which is we'll come back to this later on. But the point is, I the way it would the only way it would work would be basically Loomis caught up to him and he was like almost like defenseless, not try, not standing, not doing not doing what Michael Myers does. He wasn't Michael Myersing. He was on. He was on. Basically, just collapsed somewhere, and Loomis was just going to come up to him and, and do basically like a public e- execution, and that's when Hawkins stopped him. Now, of course, in this, we actually get to see what happened, and, and Michael, my, and 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 Michael's doing Michael Myers thing, so he's just walking around like, you know, he got sh- getting shot six times and falling off the balcony is nothing, and he ends up back at the Myers house because again they retcon this too that somehow he's always had this even before he killed Judith he has this a weird obsession about looking out the, the window in her bedroom. Why? We don't know. Are we going to get an explanation in Halloween ends? Why? We damn well hope so, but it doesn't mean I, that we- I'm, I'm really mad that we didn't get an explanation in this one. I agree with you because it's almost like that great anecdote of when Carpenter sat down, not because, by choice, by being contractually obligated to write Halloween too, that when he <laughs> said it, well, I sat down and I quickly realized there wasn't any more story to tell. It's like they realized it's like once they realized they were doing a trilogy and not two movies, they quickly realized we don't have a lot for part two. So we better come up with some filler. <laughs> it's like, let's yeah. have him kill a lot of people. But when we do the set, but when we do but 78, it's like, yeah, he, he goes back to it. He goes back to his house. 
and Hawkins and Hawkins does see him first, but another, he and another cop go in and cop who has a backstory too, because this other cop was used to play with Michael Myers when he was a kid. So that's how come he knows that, that Michael Myers was always somehow weird and always had this obsession with looking out the window. And, and then we, it is kind of funny though, that they, 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 they carry forward the like Frank having almost like stormtrooper like aim. Yeah, yeah. Because now, now, which is which, which is funny, but not that it's intended to be funny. Because you remember in, in 2018 when he misses Michael when he's going downstairs, when he Michael comes out at, at Julian's house when yep. he finds uh, uh, yeah. Virginia right Gardner's before Lori, right before yeah. Lori sees him. Yeah. Yeah. So that Frank you know shoots his partner by accident trying to shoot Michael Myers, and then what were your thoughts on what were your thoughts on the Loomis the pseudo Loomis? Because I thought the voice was actually much Maybe maybe it wasn't even the voice. Maybe it's just a bad dialogue. But I thought it was much worse than and I, even though I think it's the same voice actor who did the voice on the tape that, that uh, Dana and Aaron were listening to about he needs to die and all that mm-hmm. stuff about that. It's it just if so, it might have been the, the actual lines of dialogue, but it sounded so it sounded so stupid, like has Michael killed again and things like Yeah. So that's the thing, like that that caught me off guard, like just actually like seeing Loomis for all intents and like and I like I, I like it it happened so kind of quickly that I wasn't even thinking like how this d- was done, like like who they recast or something, or if this was like a practical effect or if they did a sort of like a, a like a Lucasfilm type of thing, <laughs> like the aging thing. Um, but I was like, I was just kind of like impressed by the look for one thing. And then the, like the dialogue. Yeah. But it also felt Donald Pleasance ish enough. Like, that's true. Like it, that seemed like a type of like it, that, that type of line is as grating as that kind of sounds has Michael killed again. Like I can hear Loomis saying that in the first movie or two. So that's true. Um, so yeah, more than anything, I was like, Oh, this is, weirdly like I, this kind of they, they kind of played that off effectively once they actually got out in the street and then there was going to be the execution of Hawkins stops them uh, I, I, I don't know it just felt yeah but the mask was really good they did they, 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 they did have the mask look really good for the 78 mm-hmm. for the 78 flashback uh, actually I, I I'm gonna mention this here just because I know I'll forget about it later um one of the things I did like was like at the the mask that he wears in the contemporary story like in the throughout the movie after it has been partially charred by the fire and everything and it's kind of like blistered it it's and like dirty and dusty and everything it has a much more of a kind of darkish kind of like olive like almost flesh tone it just looks more kind of like burnt like leathery skin. Um, and I just, I like that effect. Like if you're going to do something different, if we're like just kind of advancing the story of Michael Myers, changing the mask just a little bit like that, I actually thought it was kind of a cool look. So I like the way the mask looked in this one. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Though, though I think the one, one thing we can't question so far, two movies into this trilogy is the mat. They've done really well with the masks. Mm-hmm. Whether well, you know the 2018 mask looking like this original but aged, that was good. The mask and the look of Michael in in the, in the flashback scene, and yes, mm-hmm. the the post the post Strode house burning Michael Myers. And I I mean the one thing I thought was interesting, and, I, and again based on the way this movie and the story seems to be going, you probably it probably does mean something. What it means, who knows? That 
when you compare what the police what the police were like in 1978 versus what they were like in 2018, they got a whole <laughs> lot less confident in 40 years because the 78 police force is pretty much doing everything they should be doing and, and t- telling people to get off the street. And they're going back, you know, and going back, checking out the Myers house, which nobody bothered to do in this movie at all. There, like I, I, I had that question several times throughout the movie. I was like, where did the police go? Like, what are they doing? Like, we see um uh what's the sheriff's name barker uh, isn't, it? isn't it barker yeah yeah um we see yeah we see sheriff barker like a couple of times like just in the hospital talking to people and everything it's like but what it like what is the like the point of this character like what is he doing like they 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 don't have cops just like staking out the myers house just like waiting for him to come back like all of these things that the like the 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 civilians are doing like nobody like the 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 couple in the myers house like they don't like when when they know that somebody has broken into their house, somebody who has left a bloody handprint on the kitchen door, they decide to get like these little apple core knives or something <laughs> like that. Like, no, that's when you call the police, okay? Like I just, ah, I was just like like the whole time I was like, okay, I understand the movie wants to do something about like this vigilante group, and I think it was trying to have a message about this, but literally, where did the cops go? Especially at the end when Judy Greer goes back into the house again. But uh, we'll t- we'll get to that. So I just I just like where are the cops? Yeah, they their their lack of only. Well, Danny McBride would probably know too, but David Gordon Green would know what what his mm-hmm. what his the point of why. I mean, it's clear it's clear by the way he acts and the way in the interaction I think between other people and Barker that Barker's not from Haddonfield. <laughs> he no. doesn't seem. That's certainly my impression. He doesn't. He it's like I don't know how he ended up there, but he's not really from Haddonfield, so he's not tied to the lore. He's not tied to the people. But either way, he's just really, really bad at, at his job. Even in the first movie, I mean, the only, I mean, you could, if you want to branch it out and go Black Widow, the, like the only competent, really competent male character in the whole movie was Hawkins, and look what happened to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily, I mean, thank God, thank God. I mean, they retconned it so he didn't act, didn't actually die. But I mean, but like, but what did they do with the character? Like the only, like why did they bring him back? Why did they salvage his character? It felt like the only thing was like, he had to tell Lori that it wasn't about her. Like that, like she wasn't Michael Myers target. That was more kind of incidental. Um, it was to mention Ben Tramer. Come on. No, <laughs> I think, I think the honest answer is that to play a role in the third movie, that's the real well, reason. And that's the thing, because I knew that this was going to be part of a trilogy, but I didn't know. I hadn't read or heard anything about what Halloween ends might be. So like during this movie, I start kind of thinking, I was like, there must be some kind of overlap. Like there, like I, I kind of like, I was thinking that, okay, the next movie has got to be showing a lot of what's going on around behind the scenes at the same time, this stuff is happening. And then finding out that, no, they're going to skip ahead because when, when the Michael's first kills after he escapes from Lori's house, after he wipes out the, the firefighter crew, um, he goes to the house with uh, Lenny Clark. I love Lenny Clark um, and his wife. The, the, they have the, the, the drone. They're playing yes. with a little yep. drone toy. He kills them and even seemed kind of like bored or a little bit like put out. Like you're making me, I'm just going to stab you with like this broken light tube or something. Like that. But then as she's lying there bleeding to death, didn't it look like he kept taking knives and was kept on stabbing? Oh yeah. It's like, it's, Lenny like into the, into the table. Like it's like, it's like, 
like a kid I, like I, Michael Myers was like a, a serial killer on Christmas morning. It's like he just found a new knife set. So he's just going to keep working his way through until he found the one he really liked because he kept that one. And he walked and he walked out with it. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, is he testing the knives for like which one is best or like is he like carving like a pattern or something like I kept expecting like the, the cops to show up there and to see like he left some kind of message in the knives or something like that. I was like, why would why did we get that? What was that about? Well, you can make a strong case as a, a lot of a lot of the killing in this movie. What is it about from the perspective that in the tw- in 2018, you know, with that, you know, with the one tracking shot kill that it's like besides the fact that it was it, it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. You could. Und- OK, the guy's the guy's been locked up for 40 for 40 years. So this is like this is like bloodlust coming out. Plus, when even when he got out the last time, he was he was only out like for like 24 hours, really, based on this new timeline. And he's also a, he's also a man in his 60s now. Yes, know. yes, yes. He's not getting. I don't want to be ageist, but yes, he's dude. not getting any not getting any younger. This could this could be his last hurrah. But he's lifting up a fireman who's got to be wearing 40 to 50 pounds worth of gear on top of whatever he already weighs. So the thing is, here's another thing that crossed my mind. It's like, okay. If we accept the fact that he's just trying to go home, it's like, okay, where is the truck? Where is the truck that he drove that he that, you know, he drove or either the truck or Dana and Aaron's vehicle where he, mm-hmm. got, where he got the mask from? Because he obviously drove to the gas station mm-hmm. and he obviously he didn't walk back to town. He drove back to town. So why didn't he just mm-hmm. do what he did in 78? Because even though we don't see where he parked the car, we know he drove to the Myers house. He just parked right. it probably a couple of blocks over. So why didn't he just do that? And and there was no history either. Once he got to Haddonfield in 78 of him killing all these people around in the neighborhood and even certainly in this movie with the flashback, it's not like he was leaving a trail of bodies getting back to the Myers house. So why would he and I'm sure we're not going to get an explanation for that either. Why is he just like such a it's like the bloodlust is just it's just, you know, it's just like kicked kicked up a notch. And it's just. Yeah, that that felt like that felt like a retcon in this movie that created an unnecessary plot hole in the first one where they're like saying like that they're like he's coming home and there's like there's something about this house and everything and like looking out the mirror it's like well then why didn't he go there last movie like why was he walking around like like hunting like kids in the street and like during halloween why wasn't that the first place he went to Right. Or why didn't he just kill? Why did he just yeah. kill those two? Why did he just kill the two kids he bumped into in the Halloween two homage right before he went into the house and hit and hit the and hit the woman with the hammer in the you know the pseudo Mrs. Elrod uh, right. uh, comparison? Or why didn't he kill even kill the baby? Even though yeah, people would have been upset. It's like it, it, well, he's killed dogs before and people don't like that either. So it's like, right. uh, but I don't know. It's there's just some things that yeah, the way he behaves, not the way he moves. He moves fine. I mean. Uh, what's his face? Uh, no, Jude Courtney. What the hell's his first name? Oh, 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 um, James Jude Courtney. Yeah, or yeah. Nick Castle. Which one is? Uh, yeah, but Nick Castle. The, has, the, stunt, the stunt, the stunt double is uh, James Courtney. James Jude. Yeah, Courtney. he's the one who's been who plays Michael the most in this. Mm-hmm. That he he does a really good job at, at mimicking enough of Nick Castle's movements. Where, yeah, he's he's good. James Jude Courtney <laughs> is is good. So as far as playing Michael Myers, yeah. But some, I mean, I, I yeah, I thought that was fine. I thought pretty much the stuff with Michael Myers in this movie was fine. Um, it was kind of like everybody around that I felt like oh, you might be too stupid to survive this movie. Oh yeah, that's that's a huge thing on my checklist here. There was, I mean, stupid. I mean, there were so many characters. I mean, it's like 
the checklist of stupid things to do. I was reminded because I always think about this because it was such a good quote. I mean, I think I've seen him talk some, uh, say it, but I, I think I read it in Fangoria first right before Halloween four came out mm-hmm. that I think Alan B. McElroy is who wrote Halloween four, I believe. And he said something paraphrasing slightly that when people do stupid things in a horror movie and they die, that's not scary. But when right. people do the right, do smart things and they make the right decisions and then they still die, then that's scary. So that's kind of like how we tried to take the approach and, and handle certain situations like in Halloween four, like when they get to the school and they find Michael and Jamie instead of going in looking for Michael Myers in the school. It's like, no, we'll let the state troopers do it. Let's get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. Not that it worked out well for them, but the point was it was the right. That's the point. It was the right. right. It was the it was the smart. It was the smart move. So like you mentioned, Big John and Little John. That was that was stupid. The the, the nurse and the doctor couples. Like she gets out of the car. She like she's she's like completely disappears while everybody else is getting killed. Then she comes back and she's shooting at nothing to start with, as opposed to getting close enough to actually shoot the, who you want to be shooting. And then now they gave they gave Lonnie a redemption arc. Instead of being just a totally douchey kid from 78 that, whether you believe it or not, or he was being bullied worse, and that's why he bullied Tommy. And he had his own arc with almost like a badge of courage to finally get into the Myers house, besides the fact that he actually ran into, literally ran into Michael Myers. But going into the house alone was stupid, not calling the cops that they were, that they were at the Myers house, not letting, you know, anybody, everybody not letting people know, hey, we think he's at the Myers house, so let's, which they should have, duh, checked out to begin with. Right. That, that, God, that bothered me so much. The, the adult Lonnie, um, who's played by Robert Longstreet, who I recognize because I just saw him uh, in the Netflix show Midnight Mass. Which I have not um, watched so yet, but I want to. It's really good. It's really good. Um, so I really liked him. And then just like seeing him like like driving his kid. And I like that he actually had that moment of clarity where he's like, why the hell did I drive my son here? <laughs> like, what the hell was I thinking? I was like, yeah, you think? But he's like, but I got to go inside. It's like, no, you don't. You're not being bullied anymore. This isn't like a thing where somebody's going to dare you to ring the doorbell. It's like, you do not have to go in there. And like, as soon as he walks in, I was like, you know what? I'm fine with him not getting an on-screen death. This character doesn't deserve it. <laughs> he was too dumb. <laughs> was like, yeah. you, don't, you don't deserve an on-screen death scene. Um, yeah, that was, that, I mean, there was just a lot, a lot of, a lot of stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, with the, I'm, I'm, Trying to based on where based on these prompts, I'm trying to go into things that I have that I wanted to talk about. Like when you look at the 78 characters they brought back, I mean, kind of like the the morbid Halloween club that gets together every year and talks about right, things. Right. That, I mean, okay, I can I can give you Lonnie, I can give you Tommy, I can give you Lindsay. Why is Marion there? <laughs> Being honest, Marion Marion clearly in none, none of the Halloween movies lived in Haddonfield to begin with. Now in this retcon without Halloween two taking place, she obviously was never close to Dr. Loomis because you could tell by the 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 nature of their conversation when they were going to pick up Michael Myers at Smith's Grove that she and Michael and she and Dr. Loomis were not buddy buddy. Right. So and Dr. And it's not like Dr. Loomis died that night like he did in the nineteen in the in the the Halloween one Halloween two timeline. Mm-hmm. So why so why is she coming back to to you know, to drink, to drink and, and to, you know, to reminisce and honor that. I mean, I, I don't I don't get why she would have ties to that group. That seems that seems really, really forced. And it kind of and also with the 78 characters, it bothered me. We didn't get a scene between Brackett and Lori. That seemed like a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a, it's not as it's not as glaring as not having doing Star Wars sequels without Han, Han, Leia, and Luke having one friggin' scene together. But I, like, 
I, the only thing I can think of with Marion is like redoing the scene where he's like jumping on top of the car and like slapping the window or whatever. Oh yeah, I'm her. sure but that's. Like, the- <laughs> but but like you don't need the same character to re to homage yeah. that sequence right. and that. God, that bad about me again. Okay, the, the four of them are driving, and Lindsay is driving, and she gets out of the car to confront the kids in the parking lot. It's like you just left the other three stranded in the car. It's like no. The driver should always stay in the car and let one of the others go out True. and talk to the kids. It's like, because when the killer shows up, oh, we're in this car, but we don't have the keys because that person walked away. It's like, dude. <laughs> and if she only knew those kids were as douchey as they were, then she wouldn't have cared. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, go ahead and die. At least they had the masks from Halloween 3. That was a cute touch. Yeah, that 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 is true. I, I do like the... The trip down Silver Shamrock Lane <laughs> Silver is, is is nice for me, but yeah, the going back, you know, going back with to the, some of the stupid stuff, which ties to the hospital. It's like you know, they obviously have no, they don't have security at the hospital either, despite. So this is where Brackett fails. He might have been a better sheriff, but he's not good at running security at the hospital. As the whole mob takes over the friggin' lobby of the of the hospital, and then how the hell could they confuse the Danny DeVito? Uh, escaped convict with Michael Myers. We know he's not wearing his 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 uh state unis anymore because you have enough people who saw him who can say, oh yeah, he looked like just like he did in '78, just with arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's like twins. Like it's like yes. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, it's like yeah, of course you you easy easy to mistake those two in a crowded hospital. So, but yeah, yeah, and that's the other like the sheriff just kind of like watching people like fall down the stairs and going crazy in this. It's like, do you do you have a job? Like, do you know what you like? You can exert some authority in this scene. Like, what the heck? And and yeah, like I, I the the dialogue between Laurie and and um, Hawkins. I was like, all right, I feel like you're trying to do something with these characters, but you really didn't have anything for them to do in the second chapter. And Lori would be forgiven if you think, because she just went through surgery. And if this is the same night, she would be out for a while. And then like when she gets up and she takes his morphine and her daughter's like, what are you doing? Do you know what that does? And she's like, it kills the pain. And she stabs herself in the ass with the needle and she screams in pain. This is just a weird moment. Like, why are you doing this with this character? Like, is she going to get up and like leave the hospital? And like, no, they don't. They just leave her there to have this monologue at the end. But in the original ending, I'm pretty sure she left the hospital at the end. Yeah. I just, I, I, the number of times, like, there was, like, a record scratch skip where my brain just went, what? <laughs> like, during this movie. <laughs> while, while still, like, I mean, I don't want to say this is the worst movie I've ever seen, because of course it's not. And it was entertaining enough in the moment. The, the violence, the, like, the, the death scenes are pretty clever, and there are some kind of freaky little almost scare moments in this. Um, I think uh, just like they can retcon all you want. If you've seen all these movies, you know what's coming in any given scene. You can see where he's coming out of the shadows or what. So, you know, but it's, I I thought it was well directed. Some parts were well executed, but the script, they just, I don't like, it seemed like they, they were trying to say things about vigilantism, but didn't know what to say or like I, confuse their message. 
I think that's a good assessment. I think one of the things this movie is guilty of is that it doesn't know what it really wants to be. Mm-hmm. It wants to be several different things and, and tries to be all of those things. And in the process, probably is none of them <laughs> doesn't succeed in any of those things. It, I think I think it absolutely is trying to make a statement on on vigilante justice and it's I mean they, mob they, mentality but yeah. like we we see we see like the mob like and we also see the problems when the mob gets out of control and an innocent man dies as a result of it and they they lose control and there's they there's blood on all their hands although nobody seems really upset or culpable in that um but like you have a moment where it's like you know Karen tells Lori she's like let the system take care of this and she says the system failed it's like Okay, kind of. Okay, you're hammering away. This is what like the the theme of this is. Like you know, the town has to rise up, and we're not going to be held hostage in fear. We're going to take care of our own. But does that work? (laughs) You're right. There is some hypocrisy because of the fact that you're trying to, on one level, you're trying to seemingly trying to make it seem like yes, taking taking the law into your own hands and and just you know not letting the mob rule the day, whatever whichever mob it happens to be at a given moment is wrong. But you're all, but as we saw talked about before, you're also portraying the police force as completely totally incompetent. <laughs> That's like the Keystone Cops here. So I mean at least the 1978 police force was pretty competent and and they and they were do and they were doing their job. Speaking of which, I did think it was a nice little touch that they used the the Annie, the Annie being wheeled out in the stretcher scene from Halloween two, and they included that in this movie, like when I think when Brackett's talking about his daughter, that they had the scene from the the sequel that doesn't exist anymore in this timeline, mm-hmm. but, it was, but it was the scene from Halloween two, which I recognized immediately since I've seen that movie a thousand times. But if you, but in the credits they actually tell you about the footage from 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 Halloween two, besides crediting footage from the 1978 movie, but. I mean, there certainly is a, a night or day contrast between Brackett and and Barker as far as their as far as confidence level, even at his advanced age. But uh, that's why I thought, like, I was like, okay, there's a second story here that we're not seeing that maybe will be in Halloween in the third one in Halloween ends. Like, he's got to be doing something behind the scenes, like investigating, chasing down some leads or something, coming up with like getting reinforcements that are going to show up. And I was like, because. <laughs> just like where are you like, he's he's on the phone when does my pension kick in yeah <laughs> I, i'm out of here like, uh, i need a bigger hat <laughs> <laughs> so i'm trying to think what's where else i want to i want to pivot this uh pivot to this so let's let's yeah, let's talk let's talk about the the ending at least from the from the public from the beat down in the street <laughs> to the actual final scene that one of the things that's really it bothers me because of the fact that we've seen this in all Halloween movies, really. Uh, and even and, and even, you know, the godfather of Halloween here, John Carpenter, is kind of guilty of the same thing. It's, it's like they try to walk this line between Michael Myers being human and not being supernatural. But oh, but he's got he's human, but like he has a hint of the supernatural. And I understand mm-hmm. some of its semantics because you can say what well, his physical shell is a human being. So you can destroy his physical shell, but what's mm-hmm. driving that shell isn't human, which is why he, which is why, whether you believe he just, he just can't be killed or he dies and he just gets reborn again, that the react, which is, a, which is something they mentioned, in, but I don't know if they meant it symbolically in the novelization for Halloween too. They implied that it's not that Michael Myers doesn't die. It's that he just, he's reborn. 
he does basically every time he dies, he just he gets better. So, but the, it's like, but you, at this point, it's like, really, it's this inconsistency even in the movie. Like, why does he bandage his fingers? Does he not care? <laughs> I, I guess he doesn't care about all the gunshot wounds that he's taken and everything else or the, or the, or the third degree burns on his face under the mask, which was cool when he put the mask back on, on the street after, <laughs> after Karen stabs him with the pitchfork, but doesn't think, doesn't again, brains doesn't think twice about maybe stabbing him through the head with the pitchfork too. Right, Not that it would have right. worked because we saw what happened when she put the knife through his head, but that would have been the logical thing to do. Yeah. Cut the rest of his limbs off. Cause again, you know, if Michael Myers has no legs, if he has no legs and, <laughs> and no arms. And if, and especially if you took his teeth out, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like every 10 years, Michael Myers, Michael Myers rolls home. <laughs> The night he rolled home, nobody's gonna care. But the, actually, but the, I, I thought like the the biggest risk was like when she and it was a good thing that she had the mask. That might have been the determining factor when she's trying to lead him outside because her daughter was still in the room. I was like, he could have just turned around and killed your daughter because we just saw when uh, Allison was yeah. trying to get him to come down the stairs. He's like, no, I'm gonna take my time and murder your boyfriend before I come down. Yeah, that was that 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 was a really. Yeah, that was a yeah. particularly cruel Michael Myers moment when, when again, Allison was smart. She's like her grandmother and she's trying to just get get his attention. Just, just like Karen ends up. You're correct. It's like Karen gets Michael's attention. But she he, and again, this whole thing, tying it into the mask. I, again, it seems like based on knowing overall Halloween mythology, you could try to make the case. There's a reason there's a reason why the mask means something to him. But. It's not like he had the mask on when he killed all the people in the bus crash. It's not like he had the mask on. He had a different mask on when he killed his sister the right. first time. Like, he, he didn't have the mask on when he killed Dana and Aaron. And everybody yeah, the at the mask gas isn't station. supernatural. You can wear anything. Yeah. So so it's not like his source of power can be coming from the mask. And again, so, yeah, so them, them, them t- and he obviously did this in the beginning of 2018 movie. But trying to tie this in. Which I understand symbolically to us, it means something because we 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 think the you know, it's like Jason Taki mask. We're used to the look, but it's but based on the context of the story, it doesn't you know it doesn't have the same pull. So right. so it, it was clever enough to get him to draw to draw my to draw Michael onto the street where it was like the entire town is waiting, and then they go off on him and beat him and shoot him and all this stuff and. And they do a really nice job. Of be- Which I thought that would have been a great finale. I was like, nice. This is like, well done. Yeah. But of course, but, and then, and then they, so then they, they had this book ended or being basically voiced over with Lori's monologue to Hawkins in which again, this is a little borderline too, that she had after four, I do. I did like the fact that in this movie that everybody that basically both Karen and Lori based on talking to different people had to come to grips with Lori was basically motivated for 40 years by a mis- misconceived notion that Michael Myers gave any shit about her in particular <laughs> that, that Michael, now we knew this in 28 in the movie, 2018, we knew it because we saw it on screen. He didn't, he didn't, he may, there may be a slim recognition, maybe a Lori, maybe, but it means nothing to him. That's not why he's in Haddonfield. That's not why he's killing people. He doesn't care that, that if it wasn't for Sartain taking, taking Michael to Lori and wanting to see how these two interacted you know th- their paths would, would not have crossed just like he didn't cross paths with allison because he was trying to stalk a strode it was just by luck of the draw where, where they were that karen and Lori have to come to grips with the fact that hey that especially Lori, that for 40 years she's been believing that he was going to come back and go after her he was she was partially right that michael was a threat 
Now, would Michael have ever, would the switch have ever been flipped on if Sartain wasn't priming the pump? Maybe not. We don't know. We'll never know that. How much that was, you know, him wanting to show Michael Myers the mask to get him going and then make and conveniently giving him a means to escape on the bus and all that stuff. But when you look at, but when you look at Lori, that suddenly in a relatively short period of time at the end of this movie, she's having this epiphany, almost like what Yoda supposedly had when he fought Palpatine and he realized, oh, this is everything that this is why we're losing. <laughs> or this is why the Jedi got wiped out because of this simple, this, the, our, this was the philosophical and practical problems that we had. And I think we can fix this. But if I die here, what does it matter? <laughs> I got to get out of Dodge. That is kind of like she had this epiphany that, oh, now that you can't beat Michael Myers with brute force, which is still somewhat debatable because he's missing fingers. You know, he's missing fingers. He's burned. There's no reason to think you can't physically actually destroy the body, though. Maybe what's in the body would just go somewhere else. But it, it gives you an idea, I guess, of something of probably we don't know where entirely, but gives you the idea of a blueprint of where they're probably going to go when Halloween ends. And this is overlaid with Michael Myers, of course. Hey, Michael Myers is getting back up again. And now Michael Myers is doing what Michael Myers does best. <laughs> and they, and they still didn't give they didn't, they didn't do the sit up in this movie. Like they, they, they so almost didn't, but they kind of did in 2018 when he sits straight up, but they didn't give, but I I need that one more time in this trilogy. <laughs> He's got to sit up straight and ideally turn his head like he did after Lori knocked him, knocked him off his feet after doing everything in the closet. That's like, to me, that's just as iconic as Michael Myers as the head tilt, but obviously we get the head tilt 99 times more than we get to sit, we get to sit up. But so Michael wipes out every, pretty much wipes out. Now, there could be some of these people that are alive because we've we've seen this before. But he seemingly wipes out the entire mob that was attacking him and had beaten him. And at this point, for some stupid reason, Karen goes back into the Myers house and she goes up to Judith's bedroom and she's looking out. And it's like maybe she's trying to have a moment. Maybe she's trying to actually figure out what, you know, what's the relevance of this of this whole place. And Michael got back and sneaks back. He snuck back into the house, was behind her, kills her. And that and he's just kind of staring out the window. And that's the move. That's the ending that we got, even though that's not the ending that was, I guess, tested. The ending that was tested was that Lori was calling Karen as she was being killed. And then Michael picks up the phone Though you don't see Michael holding the phone. I think you see this all from Lori's perspective of holding the phone and you hear his breathing on the other side, kind of kind of echoing the Linda scene, mm. the, the Linda's death scene. And that's when that's when she realizes what what happened. She instinctively knows that Karen's dead. And that's when she said, Mike, you know, Michael, I'm coming for you. And that's supposed to be where she took the knife and was walking through the hospital. And I think mm. that's the way that was supposed to be. And I think that's the ending that's supposed to be on the Blu-ray when mm. it comes out, the alternate ending. But that was that was the ending that they tested, which is why I was expecting that ending because I had heard about that ending. So I was a little surprised it ended. Well, getting back to like the beginning of the his his when he gets a second wind, he <laughs> he didn't do the like slow sit up and everything in turn because he had to move with like supernatural cat like reflexes because Brackett was about to shoot him, and like he's like oh popped up just faking a slice, slice your hand up or whatever and like kill you, and all these people who'd been like one at a time just beating him with these like things then like nobody coordinates nobody comes together he just kills them one at a time yeah. Like, did any of them run? Did any of them pick up the other guns? Like, I think somebody got shot with like, like uh, friendly fire. Um, yeah, that was during the beatdown, I think somebody got shot yeah. with friendly did fire. He, did he kill? Did he kill Tommy Doyle with a baseball bat? I don't I believe even so. 
Yeah. Oh, we're supposed to believe that he's dead. Again, we we, we don't revisit. We really don't revisit the scene of the trauma, <laughs> scene of the crime all that much. And I guess right. no, I guess no one brings. I guess no one brings like lighter fluid and matches. I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, so they could. I mean, yeah, we could see Lindsay again in the next one. Um, that's ir- so. that's kind of weird, is it not? The one, not just because she doesn't act all that much anymore, uh, mm. but the but of all of all the seventy eight characters to to technically leave alive, that that seemed like a really really odd choice. Um, but yeah, like that was. But but then yeah, that was the thing. I was like, okay, so this plan failed you know you like everybody's gathering around beating him but nope he's just he's got supernatural fear monster power <laughs> like you know, he's like he's give him a sinister core ring um and so like so he's empowered and then karen is outside and now you've got paramedics and people on the scene of the house like everybody around and she looks up and did she see like a ghostly image or something of of michael like in a clown a, suit right some, yeah, somebody, some, yeah, at one point there was Michael in the clown suit. Yeah, she sees something in the window, so she goes up there. And then, yeah, with all of these people around the house and everything, and it's like an active crime scene now, then, yeah, he's just up suddenly in the room like he appeared. And stay away from my window. That's my window. It's just like he just <laughs> – It's my quiet place. Yeah, that's like the, the third or fourth time he's – killed somebody for going up to that window in this movie and i kept on waiting for them to actually have like a pov shot that there would be something when you look out that window that would kind of explain it like maybe like they like it would it would mean like kind of changing like the look but like there's something about looking out over the whole town from that window it would mean like you would have to like rearrange like you'd retcon the whole look of Haddonfield but like if it was kind of like overlooking a hill or something and maybe something about like the lights of the town like at this like like the lights maybe they formed like what looked like a jack-o'-lantern face or something I don't know it's something that would kind of click and say that's like that's something about his obsession or that's something why he kills on Halloween, like some kind of like trigger, but it's like, no, we don't get that. We just, whoever goes up to this window that has never, ever been a thing in the Halloween mythology, for some reason, it's really important in this one, but with no explanation. And that's just how you're going to leave it with him killing the main character's daughter for no, I, I, I kind of, I, I got the feeling like Judy Greer was like, I don't want to come back for another one of these. <laughs> Just kill me off. Like, uh, yeah, you, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll come back. You can pay me for one more movie, but no, I'm not, I'm not doing a third one of these. At least she was one of the characters. It kind of has a redemption arc in it. I mean, when you think about it, because her, mm-hmm. I mean, because her character, I mean. We talked about that, and we. I know it appears we just did a commentary track. You were correct. We did a commentary track. We did not do a review. It was. It was. It was uh, Creed Two. I think we did both. Yeah. So uh, her character was really annoying in the first movie. I I understand that she screwed up, and Laurie is responsible for that. I I do get that. I understand the, the, the nature of their relationship and why it's complicated. But she was an anno- she was an annoying character, and in this movie, she, I mean, it's not like she's not annoying at all. She is, but at least she, you know, but she does some heroic things and she. And I thought she was probably the most likable character in this movie after Michael. <laughs> after Michael? <laughs> I, think, I think, I don't know. I, I thought Allison was pretty likable. Yeah, she, she, yeah, okay. Yeah, she was. And considering, and, and considering, and considering Lonnie was a total jerk, as we remember him from the 78 version. And even as they referenced him in the 2018 because because our only reference point to Lonnie is how he was in 78. We just assume he's a jerk. And then they do a lot to humanize Lonnie 
including like kind of like a different version of that story with him and Ray and Peyote, which you told in a, from, you know, from a different perspective mm-hmm. that I, so I think they, and even Hawkins and even Hawkins, because now you understand, you have a better idea yeah. of why he's haunted. By... And actually, actually Cameron was better in this one. Oh yeah. The actually, last good time point. Seen, like, he was on my list too. Cameron. Yeah. Is you an... think he's going to be, you know, kind of like the douchey boyfriend who cheats on her and everything. Like he comes out like, Oh, he was fine in this movie. Yeah. He had a, he had a redemption, a redemptive arc too. And the fact that, and the fact that, you know, that you know he didn't he didn't freak out i mean he he had the normal level of freak out when he found hawkins you know he didn't just like leave him there and it's like i don't know what, what to do he did he did everything he could to do the right thing and basically saved and helped save frank's life mm-hmm. so yeah I, so he i there were a lot of there were a lot of characters that i think they did give they did give a, re, a redemptive arc to and i think that was so that that is a plus now the in, what's interesting about the ending to me is again, and I guess David Gordon Green has kind of confirmed this, which I didn't hear anything about before I saw the movie. I was just made, I just made this assumption based on how what Laurie was saying and how the movie ended, that I just assumed based on those two things together that there was going to be a time jump in the next movie, that it wasn't all going to take place in the same night because that's why she's talking about how it may not be tonight and things like that. Plus you would think the three characters that are probably going to have a role in stopping Michael Myers are all physically screwed up big time. Even if they can't fit out brute force him, the point is they still have to be in some kind of halfway decent physical shape to execute whatever plan they're going to execute. (laughs) And Frank's a mess. Laurie's a mess. And we don't, we don't know how bad uh, Allison's leg is. Mm-hmm. Even though that was obviously to mirror what happened with Lori when she got knocked over the bal- you know, the, the staircase and down the, right. you know, the balcony in the staircase. But they're all in physically crappy shape. So if they had to go, if they all had to like get up for one more round against Michael Myers at night, it kind of would be really hard to believe that we're going to be able to beat him. But I think David Gordon Green has confirmed that there's a time jump from the end of yeah, this movie to, to Halloween. Yeah, it's supposed to, it'll take place, I think he said, four years later, it'll be like 2022, like the year it comes out. Yes, which makes sense. And supposedly is going to deal with the contemporary effects of like a post-COVID world. So I know, let's see how. <laughs> I don't know why or how he's going to put that into like unless unless michael myers is anti-vax and that ends up biting him michael ass. myers will be wearing a mask over his mask <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's gonna double mask just to make just to make a certain part of the population really really happy oh look see he's really not a bad guy he's concerned <laughs> yeah it's but a time based on the way this movie ended which really makes you wonder if they if they had always intended a time jump which seemingly they did why would they have ever have included that first ending for test for test screenings because that ending implies that Lori's looking going out for blood that night <laughs> uh but it, i think it makes more sense mm-hmm. and it, it opens the door it now it creates a lot of questions how they're going to do it and like where the hell michael myers is going to be in between the time gap mm-hmm. uh but but it, again it opens the door where if you not that they're necessarily two for two on this but you could you know you could have hit a home run on this if you figure out exactly why you want you know, how you're going to deal with the time jump how you're going to explain where michael myers is but again if they're not going to give us an explanation at least for the window thing it's going to be they have to really i've given up with expecting to get some kind of explanation for why they want to have their cake and eat it too where michael's body obviously can can, can sustain damage but whatever driving michael myers doesn't seem to care and that he can just recover from it he may go down but he'll but he'll just get up and then once he gets up eh, it's like it never happened that because we we know when you start trying to explain why Michael Myers is the way he is, you get into the whole curse of thorn 
potential garbage. And we understand mm-hmm. that there's an there's an essence to Michael that doesn't need to be explained, and that's true. But when you call, when you try but when you go out of your way to try to have have it both ways and say, oh, he's human, but he's not quite human. It's like, well, then then there's got to be an explanation for why he's got for for why. And, right. and that's why and that's why or if you or if they would just accept the fact that, oh, no, you know, essentially Loomis had it right. He's like evil on two legs. Right. Right. You've either got to lean into it or not. You know, one way or another, like, I don't know. I, I, I did not enjoy seeing this movie, but if the next one is next year, then I will I will see Halloween ends. I'm sure I will. Um, I, I, I think. After this trilogy, I think maybe we can put a moratorium on this character for a little while. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see if they have the. We'll see if they do that, but I don't know. I, at some point, it's like I, I found myself thinking, I was like, okay, that was kind of an original killer. Have I seen him kill somebody like that before? I think maybe I have, but I, I don't know. But I think they decided. Yeah, they decided. Well, and this is what annoyed some people. I mean, I knew Lori was going to be sidelined, so I wasn't really. That didn't really surprise me. I mean, and it makes sense that Lori's going to be sidelined. She, you know, she got screwed up. I mean, if you're not going to, if you were not going to do a complete re rehash of Halloween two, where Michael was going to come to the hospital, which again in this timeline makes no sense for him to come to the hospital, right? Unless it happened, to be, not- unless it happened to be right around the corner from from from, from Lampkin Lane or whatever, then, then it makes plenty of sense. Well, that's that's also the thing that I think like these movies that kind of there's this tendency now of like these things like built on nostalgia and trying to resurrect these things. It's like, okay, you mentioned that Lori is not key to Michael Myers like that. It, she was an incidental victim almost of him the first time. Like he wasn't going back for her. Then, then the story doesn't have to be about her. We don't have to see Lori Strode ever again. And it's like, it was kind of like the same way. Like when they, the, the alien movies kept finding, it's like, okay, we've got a clone Ripley again. It's like, why you can do alien movies without Ripley? Now they've done it, and they've all been bad since then. But still, <laughs> like, like, and with like the, the the, I'm gonna bring this back to our other love with the Star Wars with the sequel trilogy. It's like, okay, I know you want to bring back the original cast because so many people love them, but at some point there has to be a handoff to the next generation if you want to continue telling these stories, and the original cast had like this iron death grip and wasn't going to let go of the story. (laughs) This doesn't have to be another Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Emperor Palpatine adventure. You can, you can say goodbye to them and and move on and they just wouldn't do it. So I'm kind of like, okay, it was, it was cool to see Laurie again in this role and, and to actually do something different to have the, the last movie focus on a survivor of anything like this and how that messes with you and, and how a trauma victim processes that and, and focusing that uh, focusing on that more than focusing on the killer. That was an interesting story, but they told that, and now they're, they're, we don't need. There's nothing for this character to do now. I don't. I mean, now it, of course it has to be the revenge angle because you killed my daughter. So I just, I, I don't know. I would have been fine if they didn't hinge this whole new trilogy on bringing her back. And I love Jamie Lee Curtis, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they needed her for the whole thing. But I mean, they clearly, yeah, they clearly decided when they were scripting this, and because again, that's one of the things Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to focus in on was the ptsd aspect mm-hmm. uh, which is not i mean we obviously we've down we were down that road or we've been down that road with Lori and before and h2o so it's not like but but this was this was a different take and it, it was you know to see how basically how shattered this woman's life but and again i think we told me we may have talked about 
when we did the commentary track, the, the only problem, it's not because it's not realistic that if you've been victimized in a horrible, you know, in a horrible way that, that it's going to change you and it's going to be part of you. But the fact that it was such a part of her mm-hmm. and that, and that it, in the end, Michael, you know, in the matter, now this is maybe why she's going to play a role and she should play a role in getting rid of him that, Basically, he did, you know, he didn't physically kill her, but he did kill her in every other way in 1978 because the, the person who she was died and she wasn't the same person again. So mm-hmm. if you get if you change too much, then basically you're and again, it's not like you really had that choice. Truly. I mean, some people you can make philosophically, you can make the case that you know, philosophically you can make the case certainly that, yeah, you, you have you have a, you have a choice in how you're going to react to things after a certain period of time. But she, by her being so traumatized, Michael Myers basically succeeded, especially when it's not like whatever goes through Michael's head. If there was conscious thought about any of the things that he did, when there's no reason to think that there is certainly once that switch gets flipped off again. And if you want to believe that, you know, the switch is the shape and when when it's flipped off, that's really, you know, it's just Michael Myers body. He didn't give her any thought because she meant nothing to him. Mm-hmm. So maybe in a way that could be liberating to her, too. Now, the realizing that the while, yes, now it's potentially personal with her because of what happened with Karen, that it, she kn- she knew in this or she found out in this movie that it wasn't personal about what Michael Myers not only it wasn't personal in 78, but nothing that's happened since is personal either. It just. He just got he just got let loose. And it's I, I wanted a lot. I mean, I wanted to like this movie a lot more than they did. But that's true for the 2018. The difference was this movie had bet. And this is why I think the box. I mean, some people have tried to knock the box office on this, even though it made almost 50 million dollars and said, oh, you know, it's good. But, you know, compared to look at what the 2018 movie did. But the 2018 movie came in with it didn't come in with baggage. Right. It was it was a it was a reboot. With the original star, you mm-hmm. had a lot of hype to it, a lot of good reviews from the Toronto International Film Festival before it came out. Mm-hmm. We saw some scenes, you know, James Jude Courtney looked really good as Michael Myers. The mask looked really good. And it was, a, and I thought about this today, that it's like, a because it, the timing is appropriate on this, it's may he rest in peace, like with Colin Powell. Mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember, and you and you probably are too, when Colin Powell was the most popular guy in America. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why was because he was a blank slate. Is because everybody nobody knew much about who Colin Powell really was and what he and what he stood for issue wise and what what party he belonged to and, and what he and things that drove him. We just knew he was a really cool guy and he's really competent in what he did and he and, he, and everything. But then the more you define someone then all of a sudden you're not going to be as universally popular or loved because now that, that dream of projecting ourselves onto this person that, that dissipates. So in 2018, everybody was projecting for that Halloween movie, what they thought this movie was going to be, what it could be. And then once it came out, it wasn't universally loved. Most people liked it, but not, not everybody loved it. And then you, so you had that baggage that was going to carry over into this. Cause now we know what this world is and what this world isn't just like this. Halloween kills. I mean, ends, excuse me, is going to carry over the baggage for both of these movies now, which doesn't mean a third chapter can't opening weekend can't do better because we know historically second parts of trilogies don't do as well box office wise. But the reality (laughs) is, but I don't know. I I think it's did. I knew there was an interest in this movie. It didn't surprise me. It did about 50, it did right around 50 million. I thought it was going to do more than the project. And then the projections were, or the predictions were several weeks ago when they were doing 35 to 40. And it being on Peacock means nothing since most people don't have it. And a lot right. of people didn't even know it was on Peacock. Right. 
I also think, I mean, uh, there's obviously the fact that, you know, like the, the, you, you can't not count COVID and everything that the last year and a half has been. And when you think about box office, everything has to have an asterisk next to it. But especially for like opening weekend box office for like movies like this for Halloween, so much of the, like the first viewings and everything is younger is like teenagers, kids in high school, kids in college, like a younger audience, people much younger than us are usually the prime audiences for these, for like the opening weekend and stuff. Um, and I think just they, they have more options just in the last couple of years. Um, and, and certainly with them being locked up and with the different streaming services and other things, I just, I, I can see any, any kind of like sequel of this kind, you know, if it's not building on, you know, like a, a cinematic universe like in the superhero genre i think any kind of sequel would be expected to take a, a depreciation in in uh box office return for these types of movies that's true plus i mean let's be honest the 70 2018 that was almost like an outlier making that much money that was <laughs> that that was the that was the testament to the un, the enduring legacy of the 1978 movie and how people still view that movie and and michael myers to a certain extent jamie lee curtis too but it's but the idea of because we knew it was going to be a direct sequel at that point before it came out, everybody knew it was going to be a direct sequel. Almost everybody knew that was 78 and Halloween two got pushed out in the beginning. It was a little bit of confusion about whether it was a sequel to Halloween one and two, because that's what a lot of people that's what the early rumors were or the information said. And it would make sense. People could get that confused as in people who legitimately may have been trying to give people information about about the movie but maybe said it wrong because those movies took place in the same night so it's really easy to forget that but i want um i i want uh well i think i actually i think i made this point the last time when we were doing the the commentary i want the 40 years later direct sequel to halloween 4 when we get jamie grown up as a serial killer well the funny thing is if you look at where we are in the world today that probably would that probably would be it would probably be accepted and also accused of being misogynist at the same time. <laughs> you, you would have, you probably would have diehard. You probably would have more, more horror fans that'd be willing to accept it. But then you'd have the vocal minority who doesn't see them <laughs> like everything else. It's like, oh, that's misogynist. You just hate women. It's like, no, it was a really cool ending. Who knows? Yeah. They, could do, they could do that with Allison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's an adult, so you don't have to worry about, oh, what are we going to do? We just made this eight-year-old kid a killer. And now we got, and what are we going to do? Because we now we have to age her. So which they could have done, but obviously, you know, it it would have it would have ruined Danielle's Harris legacy in the Halloween series because she for me never have gotten. Then again, maybe she wishes she was not in the Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, <laughs> but she would, but she, but her role in the Halloween series probably would have ended then after four because you, it's very unlikely they were going to have an eight year old kid walking around. An eight-year-old girl killing people would be even harder than having the eight-year-old boy going around killing people. Yeah. So no, I think I think you do it just the the same way. You treat her like as if she was the young Michael, and you do the she's been institutionalized or she's been in jail, and you know you just fast forward. And now she's an adult. Some switch comes on. And now she's yeah, she's out there. She's the new shape. It's like you know they it's the they went all female Ghostbusters. They went all female. It's the, she's going to be the new all female ser- serial killer. They're doing this whole whole new uh, gender swapping for the genre. Um, yeah, I think this is <laughs> she's going to be the new social justice warrior, <laughs> Michael Myers serial killer. <laughs> Except again, like if if it had if if they had done that with with Jamie, which was, it was such a good ending. 
Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, in a way, you knew it was never going to last for multiple reasons because Mustafa Akai just loved. He had this, you know, his weird, it is weird cash cow, but yet emotional hard ons with Michael Myers that he was just never going to allow Michael Myers to ever definitively die, which is why they had to do what they did with H2O and Resurrection because he just wouldn't be willing to do that. But if that, but that was such a clever ending because it, it was, if you go back, because it really was foreshadowed in, in, in a couple of different ways before that reveal at the end that it, it was it was and plus she, daniel harris was so adorable that it was it, in a while it was being foreshadowed there was no most people were never going to ever think that it, they were going to do that it's like oh she's she's wearing a clown costume like michael like oh she took michael's hand and, and things like it's like oh we're never going to think they would do that but that was such a ballsy move and it's still i mean it's a, it, it is a great ending i mean no matter what they were going to do with halloween five even if we got a better one than we did that that was mm-hmm. That was that's one of the most memorable endings, period. And I mean, it really made that one of the reasons why that sequel is one of the better ones. <laughs> I I like I, I I don't remember if I mentioned it. No, it wasn't the first Halloween movie I saw, but like it was I, it was the first one I saw like complete unedited. Like I'd seen Halloween and Halloween two on television, like with commercials and stuff like that, and like censored. Um, but Halloween four was the first one I saw, like when I was a kid, like a babysitter rented it and I stayed up late to watch that one. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah. I, I, and I've, yeah, I've always had a soft spot for that one. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's, I mean, this, this franchise, you just have to look at it and be realistic that this is probably where it's always going to be. There's one great movie in it and it's, and it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like using absinthe and chasing the dragon. It's like it's like it's like we're we're, ne- we're never gonna in all likelihood we're never gonna get another great Halloween movie. Even if there's a even if there could be one, even if there's a concept and there's an idea for one, it's it's just like the odd you know it's like that diamond in the rough. We're probably ne- we've had good sequ we've had some good sequels. We've had some horrible sequels. We've had some horrible reboots, and it's like, but yeah, Halloween four is definitely. But yeah, I think I think it goes back to one of the reasons why the first one was so brilliant was the simplicity of it. And if you really scrutinize it, there are issues with the first one. And, and John, you just mentioned John Carpenter said there wasn't much else there. There, like when you try to build a mythology or a lore around it, a lot of it doesn't hold up. And it's it's so. I don't know, like credit them for making 11 or 12 of these movies and making like a small cottage industry on this character with this mask. But yeah, maybe just accept the fact that the first one was really good and I don't know, try something different. Try a different Halloween franchise. Which we know they've been down that road before, even though to be fair, Halloween 3 has aged better in a lot of people's minds than when it first Mm -hmm. came out. I actually think the um, the trick or treat movie. I did. I don't know if they made a sequel to that. I think they made a sequel to that. Um, um, but the with the like the little yep. Sam Hain pumpkin yep. boy and everything. That little anthology. I thought that was a really cool movie. I liked that one. Yeah, there's there's a there's a place for that. And I think in a, in a way, I think maybe if if obviously if they just called it Season of the Witch, not Halloween Three, that movie would have mm-hmm. played out differently. But just the I I think if they had marketed that had marketed that movie. And maybe nowadays it would be easy to do that because with the internet and social media, it would be real clear to people before that movie came out that, oh, Michael Myers is not in this. Right. Michael Myers is not in this. And, and not trying to be clever and come up with a, come up with a you know, the, post credits cameo. <laughs> come up, come up with the come up with the tagline. You know, like the night no one comes home. <laughs> mirror the night he came home, and more than you know that it, it was cute. 
it was clever. There's no doubt it was clever. But again, it makes some people think, oh, and I think even it's, I think there's even a chapter in the novelization for that book. I think that's titled like the night he came home again or something. And I think it's, and that was, I think, I think that was kind of tied into the cock, the Cochrane automatons there or whatever. But either way, the point is that, you know, it's not like they kind of, they, they kind of had wanted to have their, again, their cake and eat it too. They wanted to be tied to the Halloween franchise to have people go see it. But yet back then it was going to be hard for people to realize where's Michael Myers. But I am still disappointed overall in Halloween 2018 and Halloween kills. There is there like there's a chance the third movie could it could redeem both of them. I think I mean I think this I think this movie makes 2018 look better because at least 2018 tried to do it try it seemed more in the f- spirit of the 78 movie. I think uh, this with all I mean and I'm not, and I'm certainly not a gore I'm not gorephobic but um bum the but the reality I don't mind the gore it just seems in a way it doesn't fit in with Michael Myers. It isn't, you know, it just, you, you kind of used to seeing some gross stuff if you're going to see Saw and things like that. Right. But it it seems like they, that's, and I know they, and they, again, maybe we'll get an explanation for why he's so ridiculously over the top in, in this movie compared to even what he was in, you know, in 78. You know, he wasn't a choir boy in 78, but, but he, he certainly didn't seem as driven to be killing everything that, to going out of his way to kill as much as possible. In this movie, it's like, well, Oh, I got like five minutes. It's a five minute walk to get home. But, you know, let me detour into this house. I could I could have some fun here. <laughs> it would give him some dialogue. He could have just been really mad. Like she <laughs> she shot off my fingers and blew me up. It's like, uh, I, yeah, I'm a little bit mad right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and and, Laura, and let's be honest. Lori needed a better plan to begin with. She's, yeah. she's been 40 years coming up with a plan that pretty much sucked. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, oh, we're watching Michael Myers burn. Oh, by the way, he's not even on fire when you leave the house. There's, there's flames all around him, but he is not actively burning. Don't you have, again, don't you have lighter fluid you could have squirted on him before you threw, dropped the match down so you know the bastard would start burning? No. Mm-hmm. And you know the and you know the gun closet is down there because you built the friggin' place. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that was actually quite clever on his part. <laughs> How we actually got out of the basement I mean, when everything is collapsing. I mean, they don't really give us that explanation either, 100%. But I guess at that point, our suspension of disbelief is strong enough where it doesn't matter. Yeah. We just needed the, we needed just the, that whole knife barricade to collapse, and then then he, then he could just hop right out. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, you got anything else? I'm looking at my list to see if there's anything else of, that I've... Yeah. No, no. I mean, I, I wasn't going into this with a lot of expectations. Um, like yeah, I, I thought, I thought the, the last one, the 2018 one had a clever premise and tried to do some interesting things, but kind of tripped over some of the execution because what we talked about, they tried to have their cake and eat it too. Um, the trying to retcon away as much of the history of the franchise as possible while still presupposing that the audience, even some of the characters believe in the, the history of the franchise, like all that lore. And this one really kind of leans to that. And like, again, I, I felt like this one ha- had a lot of questions to ask, but maybe just threw those questions out with no intention of asking because they just needed filler for this movie. And, and the characters were just too dumb. Um, like 
I, I think maybe this, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if when the, the next movie comes out, depending on whatever it is, but when we get that story, we just say, yeah, there should have just been two movies, Halloween and Halloween ends. We didn't need k- kills at all. This one could have just been excised from the trilogy entirely. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I would I would say that's probably a that's probably a smart way to bet at this point that the second this that the second one is going to is very likely it'll be seen as superfluous <laughs> that there was that it, it doesn't it didn't serve any real point other than the fact that you needed to, again Laurie had to be taken off the table for a certain period of time mm-hmm. based on the story they were trying to tell and and Hawkins was in no position to help. Allison kind of was in position until she went Michael Myers hunting. She would have been physically okay. But it's just, in a way, it could just be a glorified excuse for a time jump between. Yeah. But we'll see. It was, I like like you said, there were some, the idea behind 20, 2018, and I think some of the things they wanted to deal with and touch on, that was good. That was clever. There was a lot of potential there. But then they kind of went off the rails. Certainly in the third act of that movie, I think it went off the rails. From this, from the Sartain heel turn going forward, it kind of it kind of went went off. And then you had a you had a couple of cool scenes, but there was a lot of stuff that didn't make a whole lot of sense. You would think she would have had a lot better plan when she had 40 years to come up with it. And then you get to this movie, and it's just you know Michael doing Michael Myers things, which you know, which on a certain on a certain level is is it's cool and fun to watch because he is like. He is like the force of nature when he's at, at best, you know, the, the whole Loomis thing, the, you know, basically pure, pure evil pretty much behind that, that boy's eyes. And that's kind of what it, what it's like at this point. Mm-hmm. So there is an element that's appealing to that to watch, but it would have been, if people weren't doing such stupid things, like you said, it would have been, it would have been more interesting like like marion shooting again another one shooting all her bullets at things that she can't see so that she gets to the point where hey standing in front of her and like and i have no bullets left no more bullets it's like it's like oh. always i, I always want to remember too i mean just I mean, this is our perspective but we have been with this franchise for decades but this is part of a sort of reboot retcon type of thing so the intended audience for this movie is probably a younger generation than ours. And maybe, you know, maybe they haven't seen Michael Myers kill a hundred people before this one, you know, they haven't seen the same type of plot played out ad nauseum. Um, and if this was somebody's first time, you know, seeing something like this, or maybe they just saw the 2018 one and this is their second one, maybe they will be a lot more forgiving. Who knows? I think that's a good perspective on it. Try to try to always wrap up on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I'm sure we'll be back here a year from now talking. Of, it, it's, it's like the Godfather three thing. It's like, that's what I thought it was out. They pull me back. in. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a sucker for, for, I'm a sucker for like Halloween and things like that. It's like, just like soft. They make three more horrible saw movies. They reboot it again. Especially if it's not, if it's not a pure reboot where it's, you know, none of these other movies have taken place, but it's a tie in. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it because, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there'll be in a, you just hope that there's that again, the, the needle in the haystack, that, that, that one approach or that one story or that one tie in that nobody, that nobody had really thought of before or really mind. And it's like, Oh yeah. And <laughs> I'll be there opening night, just keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what do you want to push? Um, listeners, if you want to hear more from me, you can find me at the Fire and Water Podcast Network. 
Um, I, for a while, I was doing a lot of different shows, but almost all of them are in states of hiatus or I've just given up. Um, the one that I'm keeping current with is Cheers Cast, which is my index show dedicated to my favorite sitcom, Cheers. Um, also occasionally do random uh, episodes under the FW Presents feed, uh, including this uh, coming out pretty soon for the holiday season. I will be doing one on the aforementioned Netflix series Midnight Mass. Uh, highly recommend that. That was a really cool, really spooky uh, miniseries, seven episodes by Mike Flanagan. Um, it's not based on a Stephen King story, but it certainly wears the influences of certain Stephen King books on its sleeve. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I recommend giving that one a shot and I will be doing a little roundtable discussion on that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, mostly cheers cast and other shows on the fire and water podcast network. Haven't done much star Wars lately. I haven't. And there's been star Wars stuff that I wanted to talk about. I just kind of scheduling and trying to do other stuff in my personal stuff, just kind of had to had to reorganize how much time I actually put into podcasting that took a little bit of a backseat so there's been stuff with Star Wars that I've thought I could talk about it's just been like nah I'm prioritizing other stuff instead so I, I can completely understand that I think they're actually for, at least from the TV perspective I think Star Wars has been at least pretty good relatively recently going back to the end of Mandalorian season two and mm-hmm. even the even the Bad Batch, which I had no interest in watching at all, actually was much better than I thought it was going to be. Okay, Terrifying Tales wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep on that thing four times. Like I told Chad, I fell asleep on that thing like four times before I finally finished it. And mind you, I kept starting later each time, and I still kept falling asleep. It was- I, I haven't I haven't watched it. I didn't even finish watching the Lego Holiday Special either. So Yeah, I didn't love that one either. I I, I fell asleep on that a couple of times too. But, but not as much... Ter- terrifying tales just seemed like just because of the setup, it seemed like it was going to be more, more up my alley though. I did make it through Muppets haunted mansion. And I did like that, which is not star Wars related, but it is Disney plus. related. <laughs> I, I, I will probably check that one out too. Yeah. That was, especially if you're, if, if people have any fondness, real fondness for the, forget obviously the Muppets, but if you have fondness for the haunted mansion as a ride, they really do a nice job at doing that a lot was one of, of my favorites when I was yes. a kid. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Haunted Mansion. I think Haunted Mansion might still be my favorite Disney World yeah. attraction. Even more uh, than I'm, sure I'll, I'm sure I'll watch it. My kid loves all things Halloween. He is in like this phase. He's been in it for months where he loves skeletons, ghosts, all these types of the Halloween accoutrements. So and why you, didn't and, I bring him to the theater? He would have loved this. <laughs> And then you can get him a silver shamrock mask and you'll be ready oh, to go. Shit. I mean, I mean, check, oh. check the button in the back just in case. But I mean, I mean, <laughs> as a collector's item. Uh, yes. Uh, all right. So if you want to listen to more of this show for some some reason, I don't know. <laughs> Lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Hashtag geocast to track us down there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So which we're on all those platforms. So whichever ones you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or text, 708 Lantern, 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think. And based on what on on the mighty recording schedule, because lifting the curtain, this is I'm, I'm gonna be recording three times in six days <laughs> and Ryan's lucky number two, <laughs> but the next episode that should be released after this will be our 
next issue of Green Lantern and our fandom coverage. And that'll be Dan, Chad, and I. So that will be what's coming next. But as always, it's been a pleasure, Ryan. So thank you for coming on. And I think we both were, were looking forward to at least having this, to sharing our thoughts on this movie, because at least we can we can vent together, even if even if it's not exactly what the product that we hoped we would get. At least it's it's entertaining enough to for for a fun conversation. I was like an hour into the movie, and I was like, I hope Mark didn't love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did not. And then, but I didn't want I didn't want to potentially ruin your enjoyment of it right off the bat. So I wasn't right. going to tell you this thing sucked, <laughs> which, which, again, I don't think it truly. I don't sucked, I don't think there were. Yeah, there were things about it that were that were fine. I don't regret seeing it. And like I said, I, it, it hasn't soured me on the whole franchise. I will be back in a year. So assuming <laughs> assuming health wise and everything is fine. I'll come back and talk to you again. So. That's right. And and who knows? I think Creed three technically has a release date for next year, though they haven't even finalized casting yet. So I'm a little I'm a little suspect about that. But but at the very least, we we could we could have a double whammy next year, a double feature. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find we'll, out. We'll find out. So, good night, everybody. Good night. Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. <laughs>